You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. my life. And this is the test of our abiding, the same test that John mentioned before. He's mentioned this before. He said, if you practice these things, if you do these things, if you say you walk in the light but walk in darkness, you're a liar. If you say you have fellowship with God and do this, no. John continues to say that. As I said, we'll not be perfect until we are glorified with Christ. But we've been born in the Spirit. And we have the Spirit to lead us into the paths of righteousness. If you have Jesus, you never walk alone. As you listen to today's message from Pastor Dave, he encourages you that God is always with you. He promises to never leave or forsake you. Jesus has given to you his spirit to enable you to walk closely with him. The Holy Spirit will empower you with all that you need. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 John chapter 2 as he begins his message, Children of God Part 1, From Fellowship to Sonship. Fellowship is important to the believer. John's been talking about that for two chapters. So John says, abide in him. Abide in him. And then he says, I'm going to give you a reason to abide. When Jesus appears, you'll have confidence. Look at verse 28. When he, Jesus, appears, we may have confidence. You're going to have confidence in him when Jesus appears. Those who in fellowship with Christ, those who continue in Christ through the Holy Spirit, we're going to see Jesus one day. We're going to see Jesus one day, and that's a fact. We are going to see Jesus one day, and I pray it's sooner than later. Some of us may have to go through the valley of the shadow of death, yes. But you'll still see Jesus. But we're all waiting for that day when we hear that trumpet blow and we're all taken up in the air to be with him forever to be with him. Those who abide in Christ can approach that day with boldness. I can't wait for that day. You can approach that day in boldness. Why? Because we know our relationship is secure. We know our relationship is good because we confess Jesus as Lord. We confess him to be the Christ. We abide in him and we have no reason to fear his judgment. We have no reason to fear his judgment. This happens to be the first mention of Jesus is appearing in this epistle, and he's exhorting you. Jesus is coming back. Let that sink into your hearts. Jesus is coming back. Why should you let it sink into your heart? Why should you let it permeate your body? Why should it be the focal point of all that we do? Because it's a motive for loving, abiding, and obeying. Christ is coming back. Now, here at Calvary Chapel, we believe that Jesus is going to return personally, physically, bodily, literally, just like he left in Acts 1.11. But we also believe, according to what Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 4.13-18, that there's going to be a substance called the rapture of the church, and he's going to come back for his church, and he's going to take us in the air. 
Paul writes this, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Jesus will descend into heaven from a shout with a shout the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. That caught up, that caught up, carried away in the Latin version is harpezo and it means to be raptured, it's rapturous, caught up. But listen to this, what he says in verse 18. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another with these words. I love that. We studied at length John 14 when Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'm coming back to take you with me so that where I am, you'll be. What more comfort do we need, folks? Christ is coming back for us. Christ is coming back for us, and soon, and very soon. And I love this, and I had to steal this from some commentator. Quote, we're not just looking for something to happen. We're looking for someone to come. And when these things begin to come past, we are not to drop our heads in discouragement or shake our heads in despair, but rather lift our heads up in delight. You worried about the happenings of the world today? You're worried about what's happening all over the United States of America with these protests and all this COVID and all these things? We should be excited because the scripture's saying he's coming soon. That should be an excitement to us. Instead of going, oh, oh, we should be going, whoa, whoa. We should be excited. Yes, we should be excited that he's returning. When Hebrews, in the, in the book of Hebrews that mentioned we look for his appearing, The word means that we are patiently waiting. We're looking with anticipation. It's like kids on his tippy toes peeking over to watch the ball game. Oh, man, I wish I was there. I've never questioned your love for the Lord. I'm not about to start questioning your love for the Lord right now. But do you long for his appearing? Do you long for him to come? The fact that Jesus may return in any moment ought to be an incentive for us to live in fellowship with him and then be obedient to his word. But John gives us another reason to abide in Christ. He gives us another reason to abide in Christ. Not only is Jesus coming, not only by abiding in him are we going to have confidence, we're going to have boldness, and here I am, Christ, take me. Here I am. He uses a third word. He uses another word, and this is where things get a little dicey. He uses the word ashamed and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Ashamed. Wow. Abiding in Jesus makes you ready for his return and gives you confidence. But it also means You won't be ashamed at his coming. If you're abiding in Christ, when Jesus comes, there's nothing to be ashamed about. There's nothing to be ashamed about. It's a reward for continuing in Christ. It's a reward for abiding in him. You will not be ashamed. 
Abiding in Jesus means that we need not be afraid or ashamed when he comes. This is because we have intimately known him. We have confidence as it's coming. John brings up this challenge. He brings up this challenge when Jesus returns, some people are going to be afraid. Why? Because they never knew him. They didn't know him at all. But among those who know him, some will not be afraid. Instead, we're going to rejoice and we're going to be saved. But those who are not afraid might be ashamed. That's a scary thought. That is a scary thought. Why? Why are some ashamed? Because they realize they've been living in a, a worldly life. They realize that they've been unfruitful in their lives. In one moment, the understanding will overwhelm them that whatever else they accomplished in life, they did not abide in Christ as we were told to and asked to. Therefore, they'll be ashamed. They'll be fearful. He says, be careful. Be careful. Don't contemplate these kind of questions. Well, just how little can I do and still make it to heaven? How far can I stray from the shepherd and still be part of the flock? It won't hurt if I do a little bit of this, will it? Instead, we should be diligent to not be ashamed before his coming. But sadly, some Christians are going to shrink in shame because they're living a shameful light and they're calling themselves a Christian. Anybody know the first mention of ashamed in the Bible? Yeah, you do. Garden of Eden. Genesis 2.25. After Adam and In sinned, God came down to fellowship with them, and he called to them, Adam, Adam. And the word says they hid themselves because they were ashamed. They were ashamed that they knew they had sinned. Sadly, Jesus might caught, catch some of us red-handed, doing things we're not supposed to do. Wouldn't it be tragic if he showed up at that time? Wouldn't it be tragic? I'm not saying you're going, not going. I'm not saying that. But you might be one of those ones that Paul talks about by going by fire. Woo, I'm there. Holy mackerel. Praise God I'm there. But man, I'm burning up. John's encouraging us today to obey. John's encouraging us. He says, obey the Lord and abide in him always. And look out. When you look out, what do you see? Well, I got to quote my Warren Wiersbe here. He says, if the Christian looks back, he sees Calvary where Christ died for him. If he looks within, he sees the Holy Spirit who lives in him and teaches them truth. If he looks around, he sees the family of God whom he loves. But he also sees a world lost in sin, desperate and in need of godly witness. And he looks ahead. He sees the return of Jesus Christ. Unquote. Wow. So the Apostle John says, abide in him, which will give you confidence that when he appears, you won't be ashamed. Now, as he concludes this chapter in this thought, moving on to sonship, throughout the letter, the Apostle John has been telling us that it's not really what you say that's most important. It's what you do. Look at verse 29. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. John's saying, basically, hey, guys, actions speak louder than words. 
Actions speak louder than words. You know, and it's worth repeating here, and I love this quote, and I've used it a trillion times, and I don't mind using it again. The great St. Augustine said, he spent 40 years teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and sometimes I even opened my mouth. His life exuded Jesus Christ. The way he lived his life, people knew that he was part of Jesus Christ's family. He knew, they knew. Can you say that about yourself? The word if could really mean since. Since you know that he's righteous. Believers know that God's righteous. We know that God is good. We know that no one else is good. God is incapable of unrighteousness. And since God is righteous in all he does, anyone born of him should be righteous as well. But we're righteous in Jesus Christ. I'm not righteous in my own will, but I'm righteous in Jesus Christ. So now you see the need that I need to abide in him. If I'm counting on my own righteousness, I'm in a world of hurt. A world of hurt. Abiding in Jesus means that we're going to practice righteousness in our lives because we're born of him. Being born again has changed our lives from a disposition of sin to a disposition of righteousness. And notice the word practice. (laughs) I'm going to continue to do it until I get it right. But I'll never get it right until I see him face to face. But I discipline myself. I try. I do the best I can and give all glory to him as he moves me along. Why? Because I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm alive in Christ. Christ is now my life. And this is the test of our abiding, the same test that John mentioned before. He's mentioned this before. He said, if you practice these things, if you do these things, if you say you walk in the light but walk in darkness, you're a liar. If you say you have fellowship with God and do this, no. John continues to say that. As I said, we'll not be perfect until we are glorified with Christ. But we've been born in the Spirit. And we have the Spirit to lead us into the paths of righteousness. Psalm 23, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And as we conclude chapter 2, we see these three precious promises to each Christian. In 1 John 2 verse 4, he says, you know him. You know him. In 1 John 2 6, it says, you abide in him. And in 1 John 2, 9, it says, you are the light. You're in the light. Walk as if you're in the light. John wants you to know that if these statements are true, your lives will show that. Your lives will be glorious. Your lives will show that. And I'm not minimizing anyone's trouble because their trouble will come. Trust me. Trouble will come. But you'll be able to get through the trouble with Christ as your guide. Christ with you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. John wrote about light and darkness, love and hatred, truth and error. In this one verse, he sums up the whole manner of Christian living, doing righteousness. This is the real life that John has been speaking about, a life of doing, not simply speaking. Remember, he said, if you say this several, several times, it's a life of doing, a life that we have, that we do with the Father. It's not solely knowing the doctrines of faith. That's good. Knowing the doctrines of faith is a good place to start. Being filled with God's word is a good place to start, but we need to take it out. That's why we're doing this saturate lower township, so that we can take God's word out to them, out to the people, to those that don't know. The scariest scripture in the Bible, I think, for me, is in Matthew 7, 21, when Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom, but he who does the will of my Father, which is heaven. Are you believing with every ounce of fiber that you have 
Because that's the work, to believe, to trust, to continue to trust. And as you believe and continue to trust, you're going to obey. We don't simply believe the truth, we practice the truth, we do it. And even James said, be doers of the word, not hearers only. How? By abiding in Christ. By doing his commandments. And what are his commandments? To love one another. John told us that a person who professes to be a Christian and doesn't live a life of of obedience, excuse me, a person who professes to be a Christian and doesn't live a life of obedience, but lives a life of disobedience, doesn't love, doesn't know the truth, that person is being deceived or they're a deceiver. It's been said that a child bears the fruit of his father. We have been born again, not by the will of man, but by the will of God. We have been born by the will of God. Paul says in Ephesians 5.1, Be ye imitators of God as little children. And I love what Peter says. Our man, Peter. We love Peter. He gets a bad rap, but we love him. In 1 Peter 1.13 and 15 says... Therefore, gird up your loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. If I'm not connected to the Lord Jesus Christ, if I am not abiding in him, if I am not trusting him with all my heart, I am not able to do any of this. It won't happen, folks. It can happen. It won't. It won't. You'll be left out. You'll be ashamed when Christ comes. Paul, writing to the church of Corinth the second time, says, examine yourselves to see if you're in the faith. What are you believing in? If I gave you a test and said, write down the tenets of your faith, what is it that be even? What would you write down? What would you write? I believe in Jesus because my parents did. Uh, careful with that one. Why do you believe what you believe? Does your life bear the marks of obedience, love, and truth? Are you living the real life of faith, experience the grace of God as he pours it out on your life, or is your life a counterfeit? Heaven forbid. Maybe you're having struggle because you don't know what you've received. Maybe you don't know that what you are in Christ and who you are in Christ to him. Read the scriptures. Read the word of God. Love him. Trust him. Obey him. Continue to pray. Continue to read his word. Continue to fellowship one another with believers. Know who you are in Christ. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you, lead you into all truth because you have that anointing upon you. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit now is living in you. You have the Holy Spirit You need to know, brothers and sisters, you need to know that you are a son or daughter of the Most High God. You are a son or daughter of the one true living God. He has adopted you. He has taken you in, and he counts you as one of his own. And his thoughts are more towards you than the sands of the sea, the stars in the sky. Constantly, thoughts for you. Serving a God who loved you with an everlasting love, 
who loved you so much that he said to his own beloved begotten son, go down there and redeem them to me. That's how much this God loved you. In the midst of your sin, in the midst of your depravity, God sent his son Jesus Christ to die on a cross to demonstrate that love to you. Realize what this means as a child of God today. Realize what this entitles you to, the inheritance, all the things that we have. Ephesians 1 to 3 chapters. Read those. Glean from those what you have in Christ and who you are. Believe and abide in Him. And when you do, you will have boldness. You will have confidence when He appears. And you won't be ashamed. You won't be ashamed. He's calling you today to do that. He's calling you today in that living hope. He's calling you today to come to him, to draw ever nearer, to draw ever closer. He's calling you. He's standing there with his arms wide open like this. Come unto me. I know you're struggling. I know you're hurting. Come unto me. I loved you. I gave my my life for you. You're one of the children of God. Come to me, brother. Come to me, sister. Come to me, friend. Come to me today. Lay your burdens down upon me. Lay them here. I've taken them on the cross. I died for that. I died for this. I died for that. Come to me today. Don't delay this, folks. Don't delay this because you know what? Christ could come at any minute. He could come at any time. I want you to be with us when we go. I want you to be part of that group that's taken up. I don't want anyone left behind. God doesn't either, because it's his will that none would perish. Jesus is calling you to come to him. Come. Maybe you've been struggling lately, disappointed, downhearted, depressed. Maybe you're anxious, fearful. Maybe this whole COVID mess has really got you down. Maybe this whole political scene is just too crazy for you to think about. Maybe these social unrest and what's happening in our cities and all this racial things that are going on, maybe it's just too much for you to bear. Well, the Lord said these things would happen. He said these things would happen. And then he said, when you see these things happening, when you see the signs of the times, look up. For your redemption is nigh. Are you looking up to him today? Is that where your focus is? I hope you're not focused on the ball game that's going to come on this afternoon. I hope your focus is on Jesus Christ right now. I hope that is where your focus is because that's where it needs to be. I want you to be abiding in him, trusting in him, loving him, and then obeying him, his word. What is his word? To love one another the way he has loved you. That's what he's called us to. That's what he's given us today, a living hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. You are You've been listening to a teaching from the book of 1 John with Pastor Dave Shank on A Sure Hope. Does your heart tend to ride the turbulent waves of the circumstances you find yourself in? 
or you more of that calm, steady sea that's fairly even and consistent? Well, in this book, John wrote to his readers to grow in their zeal and love for God while refuting those who were teaching false things. There is a steadiness that's encouraged, despite the waves of emotion and turmoil that you may face. Having that steadfast focus on God and His promise of eternal life is what can help your heart be at peace and be calm. If you missed any part of today's teaching or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit AssureHopeRadio.com. Perhaps as you were listening, you realized that you have some questions about what you heard. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. In addition to that, you're welcome to email us at info at capewatchradio.com with any questions, concerns, or prayer requests. Would you rather talk to us in person? Then think about joining us this Sunday for a time of God's Word at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. All you need to know is our website, assurehoperadio.com. Thank you again for taking time to learn from the book of 1 John today. We hope you'll join us again next time on Assure Hope. Rescue.